Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, episode 71. Super episode for Super Bowl 54. It's going to be a Chiefs party, and everyone's invited, and the world mourns for the Bryant family. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, everybody. Episode 71. Uh, it's our third Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, or Super Bowl Live. If you're looking at the Roman numerals, uh, we're fired up. We got our propaganda for you. Uh, Mike's staring me down because he's got some Super Bowl long shots for you. I just realized that Club Live in South Beach, the night before Super Bowl Live, has got to be out. Freaking standing. Wouldn't it be Club Live? Is no, it, Live. It's called Club Live? It's Live. Gotcha. Okay, look it up. All right, I, it's I like the to. fourth best club in the world. Okay. Like top five unanimous. 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 Live Nightclub South Beach on Super Bowl Live. Giddy up. Woo! Uh, yeah, we're fired up. Thanks to all the Look Who's Talkers who've been sending in uh, answers to our question on Instagram. We got some fans props for you that we will be going through. Uh, we're going to have a little mini props contest on those fan picks between myself, our producer, Huck Daddy, from Huck Media, uh, the producer of all 71 of our shows on Apple, I- Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Lanyard, which is the one we made up, <laughs> but you wouldn't have known that unless we told you, because it sounds like an app. Uh, wherever you're listening, keep sharing, keep sus- remember to subscribe, and if you're a new listener, welcome to the Farvin Show! Woo! Uh, it's our third Super Bowl. We've predicted the last two correctly uh, with the Eagles and Eagles on spread. Uh, and uh, last year with the Patriots. And we're going for three for three this year. It's a Chiefs party. You can't fake experience, which I'll talk about a bit later. And uh, Yo, I, I think there's a Hall of Fame difference at quarterback, and I think that's all that matters. Where's all this experience coming from on the Chiefs side that you know people are talking about? I'm, Andy, I'm, I'm going to save it. My rebuttal for your full point. Andy Farvin Reed. Uh, when he was last in the Super Bowl, okay, I'll, I'll talk about this in a, a little bit because we got to yeah. get, get to obviously what's uh, the, earth, the, the moral earthquake that's uh, happened in the sports world uh, these past few days. As obviously uh, everyone knows, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others, including the pilot, died in a helicopter crash. And uh, it's just a horrible, awful, terrible thing. And it wouldn't be right to just go into our Super Bowl picks, kind of ignoring the elephant in the room. Uh, and I think I've always been pretty good, or not good, but it helps me deal with things that I don't understand to write them down. And so this week's Truth of the Week, before we get into any more Super Bowl fun, is about Kobe. And uh, here we go. Truth of the Week! Hey, yeah, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Truth of the week, folks, is that you never know how many people you really affect. Stuff like this shakes up life as we know it. Uh, that's why I'm going to open with this today. It transcends sports, even though we're a football show, just like Kobe did. I love the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Christmas movie. A uh, guy down on his luck named George wishes he was never born. Angel shows up and shows him the world as, as if he was never alive. And the whole world's so different. George can't believe it. He used to think he wanted so many things. Now he just wants to be alive again. Not selfishly, but because he saw how much good he had done for so many people, and they didn't get it without him. He gets it all back, and it's the happiest ending to a movie in movie history. Uh, Hark the herald angels sing, all that stuff. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's really good. But we, don't, we, don't, we never get that angel. It's just a movie. So take the time when stuff like this happens to just appreciate everyone in your life and how much they have affected yours, and yours theirs, and just how lucky we are to have them. And always make time. And always make up. I mean that. And, and love the people you love. Hard. Uh, I always say hard like we're playing hockey. Hard. <laughs> but love them hard. You just never know where it can all go. And it sucks. Kobe will never know how many people he, he touched. But we who feel this pain today are the living legacy of that reach. All of us. We feel sad for Kobe's wife, Vanessa, and all the families of everyone involved in the crash. What a sad day. I don't have kids, but I can only imagine what fathers and mothers of our show have felt in the, pa- in the past day or so thinking about this tragedy. I-, I can't imagine my girl even getting a call that I'm gone with our daughter and-, and leaving her to raise a family without me. I'm sure that thought has entered minds and how horrible that is. Um, how horrible that the tragedy involves such young kids with their whole lives ahead of them. Just, just heartbreaking stuff. It's, it's, nothing's good. 
But I'll talk about Kobe for a second because I think if you followed him through his career, it's really easy to be heartbroken today. Even though we didn't know Kobe personally and, and he didn't know us, it's okay to be sad. As well as the person he was off the court, father, husband, son, friend, teammate, or opponent, he was all that. Uh, there's much bigger fans of Kobe out there, but I can't help it. I'm sad. It hurts. It just does. For us, for the fans, his career would have made ancient Rome roar. He was a gladiator. Doc Rivers uh, said while he was crying before the Clippers game when, when they interviewed him, he could barely speak. He said, amongst a bunch of other things about him, he's what you want in sports. And that kind of hit home. Yeah, exactly. Even if you weren't a fan of his, he, he was the guy crushing your team that night. He was it. He was the opponent you knew was bringing it. He cared. And as a fan, you want to watch someone play who cares. And nobody cared more. Nobody. And he was good enough to do it alone. Literally, he'd try to go one on five. So much self-belief. And you're watching that, and you're like, wow. This is what I came to see. This is worth 300 bucks a ticket. So much self-belief. It's impossible to, to look away. As a fan, you knew you were getting a guy who cared so much, a true gladiator, like it was life and death. Yes, but it wasn't. It was just basketball, but the way, the way he took it that seriously, it was amazing. Yes, we are entertained, Maximus, by your determination. This hurts. This is the first for me as far as a celebrity passing away and actually being really sad about it. Kobe grew up in front of us. He entered the league, base, if you're around my age, 35, he entered the league basically the same time the internet entered our lives. More access than ever. More personal than ever. The reason this hurts so much is the reason sports are more than just games. You don't have to know someone to allow them into your life. To inspire you. To sh so they can show you them. Maybe by letting you in. Not all athletes do it, but some do. They, they let you in. Those people that let us in, it's going to hurt when we lose them. That's compassion. It makes us good people to suffer together even if you feel, you feel far away, like I'm sure we, a lot of us do, feeling for their families and friends that, that really, really love them, especially when we lose them way too early. He wasn't just a basketball player. No basketball player is. They're, they're human beings, just like us. We're not watching the final score as much as we're watching somebody's drive and determination and the sum of their obsessive preparation to reach for a goal that isn't easy and goals that don't need to be achieved but can be. And we're watching that play out. When they let themselves down, you can see it. It's not fake. It's, it's sports. And sports is a reflection of life. Ups and downs. And sometimes, more than anything, you only need to believe in you. You only need you to believe in you. And if you remember that, it can get you through the toughest of challenges. The mamba mentality. Whenever you were at your best in whatever you do and you're, you were just crushing it, treating your body right or just working on your craft and not letting any distractions in, if you, were, if you were a Kobe fan, then you didn't really feel like yourself. You felt like Kobe <laughs> because there was a human example in front of you who had to really try to accomplish your goals and all that it takes is all that commitment. Without him, it's harder to find real examples of that type of relentlessness in front of your eyes in real life, like not in movies, you know, but in real life. There was this guy, whether you liked him or not, who just, oh my God, was determined. And it was just this constant in the basketball world, which became a constant in the sports world. And, and who knew where he would have taken that determination in the, in the next massive chapter of his life. You could see this drive. You could almost believe you were both, the, you couldn't almost believe you were both the same species. Like, you know, we slack off a bit. <laughs> Sometimes you don't care as much. Wizards game on a Tuesday in November. No, he is trying to end them. Everyone isn't that disciplined, right? No, not Kobe. He was relentless, defined. And it made it easier to do it yourself because you had an example to look at. The Mamba was never going to give up. Uh, I hate to like bring, this, bring something personal up, but this is, he helped me, you know? It, it, I never backflipped anything in my life, not even off a diving board. I was scared of it because of stitches when I was a kid. Flyboarding was the new love of my life, but it was all about tricks that went upside down. Kobe had this relentlessness, and our, and our idols can leave paths for us to take. Had to be like Kobe if that was going to happen, this backflipping thing. 
And I had a relentlessness that came back to me that I hadn't really had since I was a kid playing hockey. A drive to get better that was like obsessive. Because I didn't even like girls yet when I was a kid, so we may as well skate and practice. But I don't know, this flying thing was like a kid's dream come true. I didn't care that I was 30. I didn't care how long it was going to take. I wanted to be one of the best flyboarders in the world. Bucket. I wanted to go to Dubai for the world championships, get on this pro tour. What, what the heck? This existed? But I go to practice, and I would try a flip and just fall on my face or lose control when I get upside down and then spend the next 45 attempts not going completely upside down because of something in my brain I couldn't fix. I don't know if I was scared, but it was embarrassing. Huck was there. It was awful. <laughs> He's laughing. It was awful. Uh, it was embarrassing. But I just didn't give up. I'm stubborn. And even some of my most supportive friends, I could see on their faces, like, okay, Jeff, you're a good flyer. You can do shows. I don't really think this training is going anywhere. <laughs> you're a bit old and trying to compete pro at extreme sports. Uh, I don't know. But I'll stay out here and make sure you don't fucking die. You kind of realize every now and then that in life that if you need other people to believe in you to practice, well, you won't practice that much. So you don't, and you don't need to achieve this, but, but you want to. And if you treat it like you need to achieve it, like it's life and death, you can. It's a little mind trick you can do, and Kobe did it. Like Kobe approaches basketball, but you need to focus. You really need to block everything out and just believe. Just focus and detect and correct yourself over and over again and learn a private connection with your brain and body that is your language. It only comes through hours and hours of fucking hours of practice. Pain, doesn't matter. Go again, not making it. Lack of progress, today I was worse than yesterday, doesn't matter. Go again. This is taking months, not weeks, and years, not months, Whatever, keep going. Just never give up. Mamba. I landed my first real fluent double backflip like two years after I tried my first one with about 2,000 falls in between. I'm not kidding. I might be rounding down. It was pathetic level of progress. It was a pathetic level of progress. <laughs> but at some point, I did it. I learned how to do them in a way where the upside down world was unlocked and it wouldn't really be a problem again. I went back to China for a third year and suddenly these... Hard tricks and triple backflips were easy, and it felt like slow motion. I felt at my best. I felt like I had, had an out-of-body experience, actually. I felt like I had an out-of-body experience, just obsessive practice, focusing on one thing in life. I felt, a small bit, I felt like a small bit of what a champion like Kobe must feel every day. And if you were a fan of his or, or followed his career, that's the path he showed you. He showed you how you could do anything. He showed you how focused you needed to be. I feel like Kobe helped with that. And even though he never knew me, and that's cool, I bet he did something like that for millions of people. And that's a legacy that is immortal. Sometimes we need to remember that you only need yourself to believe in you. Kobe didn't care. He believed in himself. And being a fan of his helps us believe in us. That's why sports are much more than games. We're watching people fight for their dreams. And he was the greatest warrior. I never knew Kobe Bryant. Well, I should say he didn't know me because I think we all knew him a bit. As good as we know, a lot of acquaintances in our lives know us at the very least. But from afar, I'm sad he's gone. The world is heartbroken and we're sad for everyone else on that helicopter and the pain this has caused the families and communities and such a horrible loss of life that has no positive anything. It just sucks. We did know Kobe better than we know a lot of people in our lives, I bet. We haven't watched our acquaintances fight and fight and win a battle and lose and tear their Achilles and win and lose and go through a dark time and come back with a vengeance and win again and retire and then be a family man over the course of 20 years. So it's okay, I think, to be sadder than maybe you think you should be and miss them like a friend because we know these athletes pretty well, know them enough to miss them, to be influenced by their legacy without them ever knowing us. That's okay. You don't need to justify it. That's not the Mamba mentality. If you ever wonder if you can do something, you can. And if you're wondering how, Kobe left instructions. The Mamba mentality. In Kobe's own words, man, love what you do. One part of his legacy could be this, like a badass voice in your head if you're listening. If there's a voice in your head to, something, to do something the right way or to try again or to work harder or to be relentless in your pursuits, that's Kobe. And, and you already knew what you should do, but you were going to take the easy way out. But it's Kobe's voice, and he's a badass, and he did it the right way. So he could tell you to do it, and you'll listen. It's Kobe. Like Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder, but it's Kobe Bryant, so it's way cooler. Rest in peace. Anyway, I know it's a long, long truth of the week. I'm sorry, but I don't know. I was sad. Just tried to explain it. And uh, we wish, uh, wish everyone, our hearts and minds are with uh, everyone affected by this. All right. Michael, sorry for going off on that. Why are you apologizing? Anyway. Jeff? 
If you really meant it, would Kobe apologize? And absolutely not. Fuck no. All right. You're damn right. So, so I, I have been accused of lacking empathy in the past by many people <laughs> in business and relationships and family and you at times even. Uh, but seeing the collective sadness. Yeah, man. Uh, sort of brought me over the edge. So, you know, well said. And I never saw him play live. Probably now a bit of a regret. I had a chance to... Uh, tickets were way more than 300 bucks yeah, to sure, see Kobe. Sure they were. Not about the nosebleeds. Weird Mike only rocks prime time. <laughs> Ask Joe Harris. But those Laker games when Kobe rolled in once a year, yeah, no load management. You knew he was playing yeah. at the Raptors. The show, like those tickets were like seven, eight hundred bucks, and that's when the Raptors were shit. <laughs> and like, I hear you. It was eighty percent Kobe fans. Yeah. So I wish, I wish Kobe would have came into this. We the North. He just missed it. Oh yeah. His last All Star game was in Toronto. Yep. And uh, so anyway, I think, and I've always just been a, like, and I'm. Uh, I'm saying all this as a guy who's like a half basketball fan who loved Jordan, loved Bryant, but like, gonna, you know. You can't jump back into it here. No, I'm just saying like there's, I know that there's people listening who are like, you know, probably way bigger basketball fans than me. And I'm not, I, I, I'm just trying to honor them as well to understand that this maybe even hurts way more. I just think it's interesting as a guy who maybe is, wasn't even as big of a fan as so many more, but was still touched this much that it got me. It just did. Anyway, all right. It's Super Bowl 54. Super Bowl live. Super Bowl live. We got the Chiefs and Niners. 25-year Super Bowl drought versus a 50-year Super Bowl drought. One team's got one. One team's got five. Is that the minimum years for a drought, 25? I believe so. You because that's not, you know, anything under that would still be the same generation of. Right. Well, I mean, this isn't like the Cleveland Browns. The Chiefs have been making the playoffs 60% of the time, probably. So that's just a yeah. whole bunch of small tournament losses. I mean, you know, this is a three- or four-game tournament, and you're just not showing up. I, uh, as I've uh, Championship Sunday now, well in history, and everybody's, you know, inevitably asking me who you got, even people that don't really watch football know I'm a big football nut. Yep. And it's really, you know, nobody's, nobody's game in the public opinion. Right now, it's total two sides of the fence. Yeah, uh, which is weird because at least by now, over the last ten days, a public opinion would have formed on the game. A narrative would have developed that people could have read and got behind. Uh, so you know, I was up ice fishing with about twelve dudes, and it was split six six. Nobody knew, and nobody really had a strong stance why the other thing wasn't going to happen. So everybody would toss out a, it wasn't like, no, that's not going to happen. It was like, oh, shit, <laughs> that sounds kind of probable, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually. Um, anyway, shout out the Aqua North crew uh, up on Lake Simcoe, uh, listening every Thursday. Uh, Ricky, Dennis, Bryden, Bedore, and the gang uh, went for our first polar dip. Yeah, he showed me the video. Lake Simcoe. Yeah, Weird Mike comes up to me to show me a video of him jumping in, like cutting out holes, they cut out holes in the ice, pretty badass stuff, to do a polar dip, all right? This needs to be maybe, what, a 10-second showing of the video, right? It was about 29. It was a three-minute video of the approach, taking your sweatpants off. The I'm just saying, like, you know, you caught, again, me, you I, caught I, me on the way out. You're like, hey, check this video out. Again, I didn't know I needed a seat. Again, folks, <laughs> total, total fucking lies. This is not true. The video's about... It's the same video I posted on my Facebook, okay? Yes. Go check the length. It's 37 seconds. <laughs> and your fucking attention span pre-show can't even handle that? And I just sat through 12 minutes of fucking truth? Right. Come on, Hugh. I'm just, I was more Stop throwing me under the bus. I'm not throwing this the is bus. why people don't want me with Insta access. Well, it's because you're making up lies about how long the video is. I'm not is. making up lies. I'm, okay. I may be slightly exaggerated. 37 seconds. Those of you that are friends with me on Facebook, which... Oh, you know what? I misremembered. You uh, showed me two videos. You showed me a bunch of other people swimming, too. Also, hey, our Look Who's Talkers, I understand. You know, it's all relevant material. Yeah, you showed me three minutes of and men if, swimming at night. If it wasn't <laughs> so cold, I would have been able to take my phone out and listen to it right. in a frozen lake to keep up with the Joneses on all these exotic locales. Yes. Uh, Harris also went on his honeymoon listening from the beach, 
in addition to Skip in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Keep sending us videos, folks, of cool places you're listening to our show. That's fucking awesome. That's the shit that takes we, off. We love you. We love you That's for it. That's the good stuff. Either way, Weird Mike did a natural Canadian uh, ice shower, ice, ice bath, polar dip, as you will. Canadian I, baptism. I take them every day in the shower, freezing cold. Love it. It's my secret sauce. Uh, take cold showers, folks. You'll thank me later in life. But I'm proud of you, Mike, more than anything. I just think, you know, three minutes of night men swimming. I could have seen 20 seconds of it. There, there was even mo way more, <laughs> even funnier video. Right. It, people just kept running out of well, the cottage and, like it was a Royal Rumble. And the pride, <laughs> and, and the pride you took in showing me the video, I'm like, he was drunk. He would have, he would have posted this. I'm glad I kept the password. <laughs> men swimming is not Super Bowl stuff, but we, we're, we're proud of you anyway. No, no, I'm not mad about... That I'm mad about you saying the video's long. Okay, well, you showed me two videos. Doesn't matter. Both were 37 seconds. I'm going to show Huck. He's going to debate the tie. I'm warning you, All Huck. Right? Grab a seat. <laughs> He's sitting. Get a He's, I'm going to pass it to him right now. Okay. As so, you uh, kickstart our propaganda. Uh, before we get into the propaganda, Philip Rivers got. Uh, he's no longer a Charger. The Chargers have told him they're moving in a different direction. Rivers Whoa. and his band of 30 kids had already moved back to Florida. Uh, away from San Diego, where they never were anymore. So he really wasn't in for this L.A. ride anyway. But I just feel like it's the most Charger way they could ever honor their franchise leader in all things quarterback, basically just to break up with him by text. <laughs> you know? Whereas Eli and the Giants, you know, he almost was a Charger, that whole thing. And exactly the same year, 16 years later, you know, he's getting basically a parade down down, uh, you know, in Central Park, and Rivers is, you know, kicked on the way out. Very Chargers of you. Worst organization ever. We Brady's just, not going there. Stop saying that, everybody. It's crazy. Can we get a... I wish I could bet against that. Huck just watched the video, and he's in with how many seconds, Huck? I don't know. 40? You got it. 40 seconds. Winner, winner. But you showed me two videos. Uh, you showed me a video of other people swimming. I've been a bigger Philip fan than most. <laughs> he's, he's changing the subject. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. 40, I got the win. I'll move on. I'm not going to dwell that's on that's it. That's not the win. Show me two videos. Okay. Um, Phil kind of kick-started the I don't want to talk goodbye by packing his family and moving across the country. Sure. There seems so, to be some stuff know, behind closed doors that we don't know it's, about. You know, the Spanos family, again, the, you know, the, the least wealthiest family as well. Yes. Uh, maybe you think, didn't think he got the value well, out of Chargers, even though they won a lot of games. Yeah, they have, and also they, they really do need, like this is straight out of, uh, of that movie. Was, uh, was it Draft Day? Draft Day? Draft Day, yes. When the owner tells Kevin Costner at the amusement park he owns in front of the splash ride, like, we need a splash, you know? <laughs> the Chargers literally fucking need a splash. And fluffing Philip Rivers ain't doing it anymore. They are they haven't sold the proper amount of personal seat licenses. Of course not. Because nobody likes the Chargers in LA and they don't have fans. Yeah, they're gonna become the New Orleans Pelicans. They need a splash of the NBA until they got on their feet. And they, they did. There'll be a generational gap. They'll they'll gain some fans they at some point. They need to you want you want fans? Draft the Oregon kid, West Coast, long hair, big upside, big arm, likes to run. Just kind of do the whole golf thing again. Small hands, big West Coast boy. <laughs> it's a, this weird combo of breed that's coming out. Do you have some inside information that Justin Herbert has a large dick? I said small hands. Oh, he has small hands? Yeah. Oh, that's no good. Where did large dick come well, from? You just seem really fired up about like everything. You seem to want to gross people out with a visual. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. That's how you get some new fans. They moved on from Phil. However awkward it was, it's done. Bravo, everybody. Uh, you both accomplished what you want. Now, get the young kid, new stadium, get some Duck fans on board, keep it all West Coast, and just and kind of stay regional. Like, try and don't try and appease the masses, Charger fans. Try and find a tiny niche in the second largest city, in the continent. So in the second largest city in the continent, they're yeah. going to reach, try to hope that Oregon fans hey, it's, come to it's L.A. It's part of it. I, I know. I'm it's just, part of it. All right. Either way, Chargers uh, need to do something because they don't have fans. Uh, you need fans. Do you need fans? NFL's <laughs> foot in the bill, man. 
move here. They got out of San Diego. They gave the big fuck you. Now, hey, if you watch Ballers, you could see how spiteful the NFL can be. Like, they're not just making that shit up. Like, that right. shit happens on some level. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So, you know, the ultimate FU to San Diego from yep. the NFL. We'll pay for you to squat in downtown L.A. for five years until you get up on your feet. And then, and then it's up to you. And, and they're kind of coming to that point, right? They got maybe one more year, two more years before I think this phantom backdoor crooked deal expires. Fair. Uh, anyway, they need a splash. <laughs> they need a splash. And what happens to Rivers now, just quickly? What do you think? I told you. I think he goes to a situation where it's a 1-1-A, and this guy has a chance to compete for a job on a decent team. Kind of like Tannehill went to the Titans. Yeah. I see that. Um, keep your eye on if Big Ben doesn't come back. Like, that's a spot that he can fill in. He might, he might wait to see what happens. I would wait if I was Philip. I think he has to wait. Wait think, a month. I don't think he has that many options. That first month, somebody's going to go down and somewhere valuable that he can step into and maybe lead, you know. We did a Truth of the Week couple, about a year or two ago about other teams' garbage, you know, and it rarely works. If they've brought old Philip Rivers out to the curb for the, for the fucking garbage man to take, why are you going to fluff and leave me on the curb after all the fluffing shit I did? Uh, so, so I just don't think it works that much. So Tannehill's miracle season is going to give hope to garbage well, see, for the, the next half decade? But if I got a decade's extra, like Tannehill's young still. Cam Newton's young still. You know, like there's, there's a difference here. Carson Palmer still had six, seven good years left when Bruce Arians took him in Arizona from the Raiders. Uh, there's, there's, th- there's rumors out there that are actually read. I didn't just like hear floating outside. That, uh, of Bruce Arians interested, uh, Philip Rivers, if, if you know, Winston doesn't come back. So we'll see. That's we'll another see very out. awkward I don't like to speculate, but uh, if I had a team, I wouldn't want Philip Rivers to be the quarterback of it going into next year because it's a weird two-year plan. I don't like it. I don't. And he's just getting older. Hey, there's organi- organizational gaps in plans. It's true. And he plugs that gap. It's true. So we'll see what happens with uh, Mr. Fluffin Rivers. All right. We got some Super Bowl props that everybody wants us to get to. We got some long shots coming up at the end. Hugh Picks is going to give you five uh, prop bets that I love and the game winner. And uh, I'll be giving my gambling donuts, smash and sprinkle, smash a couple and sprinkle. Of props. Remember to heat up your donuts; they taste better. Because my Super Bowl pick uh, will be coming live from New York City, in front of the bull, where money was made, Wall Street. Big Ange, Weird Mike, headed to New York this week, and I'll be sending in my Super Bowl pick uh, behind Wall Street. Uh, hopefully all the money inspires me. You know, I'll, I'll come to my pick as I stroke the bull's horn oh. before I ask a totally random stranger <laughs> to video this for me. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that video, so, guys. That gonna... will be posted. That's like a Columbia boat uh, video that I'll put a friendship gun. <laughs> but um, so I'm going to save my pick for that. But definitely smash and sprinkle. Okay. All right. So you're sending in your game pick from New York. Correct. While stroking the bull's horn. On Wall Street. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm making it sexual. I'll be sure <laughs> to include the person who took the video or picture of me in the post. So you'll see how, you know. Anyway. You know, I got sp- travel tricks. Totally random. Just speaking of bulls. Uh, as <laughs> as we, were, we were trying to, we were watching the golf at the studio yesterday with Tiger coming back or whatever before all that stuff happened, and then but randomly bullfighting was on ESPN. Bull too. riding, bull riding, can't believe it's still a thing. Uh, it looks like a spinal injury waiting to happen every three seconds that they ride it, and uh, the whole thing kind of freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> it's 2020, and we're still doing shit like this. All right. It's like, a, it's like an X Games. Like they're, they're rocking out like It's like every X weekend. Games from the 1400s. Yeah. That just has never stopped. A lot of, lot of, I bet there's a lot of injuries that we never hear about. Yeah, speaking of the X Games, those guys are doing some next level shit because everybody's already done a lot of next level shit. Yeah, there's so like only. They're, 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 they're beyond thinking outside the box now. 
Oh, yeah. They're not even using the jump for some of the big air. Yeah. It, oh, man. They, anyway, grab some clips of it. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, guys are sort of like, you know, manualing off their, I'm probably not even saying it right. Someone's going to laugh at me, but basically they're kind of manualing off their front, uh, front edge of their snowboard and then going out like, and then going backwards off the, the tip of the jump, pressing on their nose and then launching into a corked spin double off that. Crazy shit, the Winter X Games. Check it out if you haven't in a while. Uh, these guys just keep getting better. It's fucking sick. Prop um, City, bro. Prop City. Hashtag Prop City. Hashtag propaganda. I underlined my hashtag for Prop City because I'm, uh, I'm propping nuts, bro. This is not Hupix. No, no, no. This is the fans' prop. This is the fan. Pro- this is what you wanted, people. Yeah, this is what you wanted. What's up with that Gatorade? He was spilled the beans, okay. bro. Okay, so we put it out on Instagram in our story. Send us in some props picks that you want us to talk about. We got a a bunch of responses, and we've listed uh, our favorite ones, and some of them were just a lot of the same. Everybody's obsessed with the Gatorade color and the anthem. Um, Okay, so we got uh, the big dog, Mike Mattisbacker from Oshawa. Look who's talking. Look who's talker since day one. Uh, besides when he's mad at you, it'll take a couple. No, of... I think actually he listens more. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, say, he says he doesn't listen, then he'll reference the show later in the week. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Sent us in. Uh, how about the purple Gatorade? Uh, so basically you can bet on the Gatorade shower that the winning coach will receive at the end of the game. It's a favorite uh, for any sort of novelty prop sheet that might be at your Super Bowl, Super Bowl party. Or if you have access to a website, it's all over it. Uh, Mattisbacker sent us in the purple Gatorade at plus 900. I actually found it at a couple other places, including Sports Interaction and Bet365, at uh, plus 1,000 or up to plus 1,200. Did some research. The last, in the last 20 years, there's been two times that the purple Gatorade was the color for the winning team. That was 2012 and 2003. So it's been a while, but you might also say it's due. It's also a very delicious Gatorade flavor. I don't see how it can't be red this year with both teams playing red. Like, they're going to want to dump the red Gatorade. It's, it's not a bad idea. It's something you'd want to be covered in. It's just, you know, Andy Reid, subconsciously, they literally like, could they, be this. They literally call him Big Red. Yeah, what's, what's red paying? Uh, I don't know. We'll get Leslie to, Leslie to check it out. Yeah, I'm on, on the red. What uh, uh, Demi Lovato performed at the Grammys on Saturday, and it was a very, very slow, emotional performance. Yes. What are the people coming in on? Okay, so uh, Becca Scott from uh, Muskoka, uh, former SWS are with us. She, uh, she wanted to know about the anthem singer, uh, Gatorade, and the coin toss. I assume she's going to what sounds like uh, a novelty sheet that they'll have almost at every Super Bowl party. She's interested in those three things. So for the anthem singer, those of us that look who's talking, we actually did a, lo- a bunch of research into this, okay? And of the last five uh, anthems that Demi Lovato has done at sporting events, sporting events, they've, four of the five have been under two minutes. Hewlett and our listeners, here's a sick nugget for you. Demi Lovato had a serious uh, overdose, like near-death experience, right? It was about yep. a year and a half ago. Yep. And everything she's done since has been long and slow and far more emotional okay. than her previous. So I'm not surprised there's a lot. She was like upbeat and she was like in your face, this pop star, right? Yep. Now she has this life-altering experience and she's changed her gear. I saw it firsthand at the grabber. Smash the over. It's not my pick, but I like the over. <laughs> all right. That, that all came back to me. The there. stats seem to say take the under, but again, uh, we're not really giving an official pick on this one. You've heard the you've heard the takes. You can you can handicap anything. Yes, but four of her last five at sporting events were under two minutes, so we'll see. But again, it's the biggest event she's ever done. So, milk it, baby. She might. Okay. Uh, again, the Gatorade. Uh, the most common Gatorade flavors in the past twenty years: blue, orange, and clear. Seems to be due for an orange after last year was blue. Uh, but orange is, I believe, the favorite. We're gonna get Leslie to check check this out for us. Okay, so Leslie got back to us with the, uh, with the odds here. You're right. Red is the favorite. Both teams being red, you'd think that's what the color would be. Plus 125. Oh, it's a laydown. Lime, green, or yellow. That's a laydown. Lime, green, or yellow, plus 250. Clear and or water, plus 500. Orange, 575. Blue, plus 600. 
Very popular colors, colors in the last 20 years. Oh, two probably of the most delicious types of Gatorade. Let's be honest here. Don't outthink the room. Everybody loves orange. Also, they make it really good in the NFL. This is like mixed Gatorade, right? It's not the stuff you get at the store. Peyton Manning has a whole NFL films thing on fucking loving orange, orange NFL Gatorade. Peyton's places? Yeah, so I think you got to look at the orange, blue, and purple, folks. Unless you're thinking red like Mike is. Chiefs, okay. So uh, I'm going with the dogs here on the Gatorade. And the coin toss, look, folks, good luck. It's literally the biggest 50 50 People thing. want an answer. Don't cop out of you. you. You jumped down my throat. I'm going heads. Huck, there you go. I'm going heads. Huck, what do you got? Huck, daddy? Huck's, Huck's got, got heads? Huck's got heads. Tails never fails. I will bet each of you $20 <laughs> that I got tails. You ding, want your ding, heads? Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Double bonks. Bet just happened. Also, feels good making a Super Bowl bet on Super Bowl Monday. <laughs> um, any more fan props before? Uh, yeah. Uh, we had a couple other ones. Uh, here's one. Here's one. Okay, we got Matt Harris from Burlington. Burlington. Incorrect. Not where does he live? He lives in Cambridge. Correction. He lives in Kitchener. Kitchener. That's what I thought. There we go. Okay. He wants. This is a setup question. We, uh, this is our buddy Matt. Oh, I'm gonna nail it for you, Harris. He Don't wants worry. Jimmy G's completions over under 18 and a half and passing yards over under 237 because I believe he thinks that I'm gonna say under and. He just wants to make fun of me for that. I'm not that crazy. First of all, I think the Chiefs are going to win, and you're not going to be able to do this crazy running game game plan. I also think that the, that the, the 49ers are going to come out firing and do the absolute opposite of what everyone's expecting them to do and actually come out throwing the ball quickly. Uh, so uh, even I like a lot of overs, but that's sort of classic Super Bowl Jeff, but I do like these, I do like these overs. I'm not going to take them myself in my Hugh picks. But at 18 and a half completions, I think they will be losing the game and have to. And I think because of the style of Shanahan's attack, short passes, uh, crossing routes, I see a lot of completed passes as they march down the field rather than big bombs. And I think Andy Reid's going to have a bend-don't-break sort of defense, and that's what they'll have to do. So I like the over-completions. Over I, I like the yards over even more, 237. Uh, that's low. For, and I think they'll have to pass it. And I think because they have... Uh, one of the best tight ends in football, if not the best. I think Kelsey's you know, a bit better, but Kelsey, Kittle's great. Yards after catch. He's a big yak guy. The guy's a, he's a monster, so you can get those extra yards. 10-yard pass becomes a 37-yard pass really quick. So I would take those both over. What do you think, Mike? Uh, fuck Jimmy. All right. <laughs> fuck him. Okay. Um. Again, he could just have 250 yards and 21 completions in a, in a losing effort. I just don't – I'm not looking at these overs as, like, a, a win. I think that's just going to be necessary. So I like the yards better than, 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 the, than the completions. But I got some, uh, some long shots here. All right. I got one more from the fans. Uh, it's our buddy Timmy from uh, – we met at, I met at Red Bull, actually, through Scotty. From Ottawa. Uh, will fireworks be heard? Uh, at, during or after bomb, during bombs bursting in air, the specific part of that anthem. Now, I've actually did, did some research here. Demi Lovato's too fragile. They can't risk it. Now, listen, at, when they, because of her, the way she does the anthem, she pauses perfectly uh, right before and right after uh, bombs bursting in air. Boom. You know? When she sang it at the MLB uh, World Series, they did it right this is before. This pre, pre-life-changing for Demi. Interesting. I'm going with a yes at plus 150. Uh, yeah, no is minus 200. Yes, plus 150 for fireworks. Because it's also Miami. It's an outdoor place. So not worried about the smoke getting stuck in there. Uh, incorrect. They put a serious lid on it. For, they do a lot of concerts there and uh, other events. Yeah. And they do drone racing. At that stadium as well, yeah. And they put a massive lid. It's only a square over the field that's open. So if anything, the fireworks would come from the outside. Well, that's fine. That still stadium. counts. It says just heard. So it's not like we have to see them visually on the camera. Anyway, we're going yes plus one fifty. Eat it. All right. <laughs> uh, you got some long shots. You want to do our long? Let's do our long shots first. Fire everybody up. Long shots. Uh, you got honors. You picked the under last week. There you go. 
Yeah, so but this isn't. Oh, sorry, the over in the Pro Bowl. I took the over. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so, I'll so give yo, you honors you, and everything. Honors and everything. No, I'll, no, I don't need. I just want to get off a couple of long shots. Our viewers got me inspired. Yep, I've been circling the prop wagon for the last thirty-six hours. Um, well, I got to do a little groove there, stroking my paper there. It was nice. Uh, yeah, it's not the it's not the bull on Wall Street. All right, relax. <laughs> the game to be decided by seven points. A final. I'm. I've hit a couple of final scores, uh, most notably with the Patriots playing. I find them to be a little more predictable. So this one, I like 34-27. Game decided by seven points. Everybody kind of gets what they want. So no matter who wins, it's just game. Yeah, game decided by seven. That's plus 600. That's not bad. And I also like the 10-point spread. Game decided by exactly 10 points. What's that paying? Plus 800. Interesting. Those are found in your game props Yep. on your local book site. Also... Uh, we know, and you should know too by watching many Super Bowls, a uh, lot of trickery, a lot of trickeration, especially down by the goal line when everybody's overstudied on tendencies and tactics inside the five. Um, KC's first touchdown, not the game's first touchdown. Right. KC's first touchdown by their switchblade, Blake the Belldozer. Uh, listed as a backup or third-string QB, fullback. He's got like five. He's, he's like Taysom Hill of the Saints, except less famous. Right. Because uh, they use him a bit less. But this guy could take a direct snap in a wildcat, go straight through. He could do the T-ball pass. Uh, he could block a punt. This guy's everywhere. Uh, Blake Belldozer, first Kansas City touchdown, uh, plus 2,500. All That's right. a huge price All right. for a team touchdown. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's tasty if it was the full game, but I'm only getting one team. Uh, so I like that inside the five. All right, giddy up. I like your Eli jersey, by the way. Yeah. I've uh, been wearing it a bit this week. Uh, all the Hall of Fame talk and all that stuff. And Yep. Only, hashtag only a giant. Oh, God, that's my third hashtag of the, of the show. Sweeping the nation, folks. <laughs> what Sweep, you know what it is? Did you drug me? No, this <laughs> week I've written more hashtags on my sheet. And I think you're looking at subconsciously, them. yeah, because you're rubbing the sheet all because all, yeah, all sexual. All, yeah, <laughs> so you liked it, eh? No, I did not. Well, obviously, if you're the, the hashtag looks the same to me and you. Yep. It's uh, the palindrome of symbols. I just like the number ten. I'm just looking at the jersey. I'm like, what a great number because I read earlier today <laughs> um, the, that the Giants have said no, no one will ever wear number ten again for the Giants. And I'm in my head, I was like, man, I mean. That I, obviously I, that's a totally great decision. I, I respect it, but it's such a sweet number to take away. You know, like you retire number six. Like all right, you know, ten. I, what a beauty number. Pavel Bure. Do you uh, love him? Do you got uh, and Dewey? Big and, ten. And, and, and Dewey. Ten, ten, ten. Ten, ten, ten. You got uh, a long shot for the people. Yeah, this actually this one this one's dedicated to Dewey who always says that I've, I've been too hard on Jimmy G. And actually sat me down after a couple of drinks like 2 months ago. I was like, "Bro, you owe someone an apology." And I thought he was talking about one of our friends. And he's like retracing your takes steps. Takes a drink of the rye and he's like, "Man, Jimmy G." <laughs> All right. But uh before we get into our Hugh picks, I got some long shots for you. So, Dewey, I, I got the first Hugh pick dedicated to you. Long shot Long shots. Long shots. Uh, basically, I'm not saying, uh, you know, put lay down some serious coin for this, but you want some value for just some fun bets that could win you a shit ton of money. Uh, this is fun for about, you know, you want to throw 10 bucks, 15 bucks down. Law, Super Bowl MVP. Yes, most likely it will be Patrick Mahomes and or Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, it's usually the running back. Look through the stats. Last 25 years, it's usually the quarterback. Sorry. But let's just say that the, the Niners are pl- overplaying in the secondary, really, really stacking the secondary, especially as we get down to the red zone, to the point where the Chiefs have to run it in. So, yeah, Mahomes could get 300 yards, but maybe he only gets one touchdown, maybe two touchdowns and a pick, and Damian Williams, you know, runs for 100-something yards, but... Maybe three, maybe 30, 40 yards receiving, but three touchdowns. What's the plus? Plus 1,500 for their primary weapon out of the backfield. So the starting back 
the starting tailback for the favored Super Bowl team. And one of the best this offenses we've seen in the past. Plus 1,500. Plus 1,500 for the starting Some tailback. serious value. Who's not getting shared carries. It's been Damian Williams. Correct. So. What's another one? The other one is Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. Safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you're saying, hey, he's a safety. Yeah, exactly. But he's plus 6,000. Okay? One forced fumble, one pick six, and... Uh, sack. Give us a sack and just a couple of explosive plays. And let's say the offenses don't quite show up as, as they're predicted to, you know? Well, that motherfucker's going to jump a route. Either you way, believe that. for 10 beans, it pays 600 bucks, and he's the best player on the Chiefs' defense. He's also facing a guy who's still sort of in his first year at quarterback. And if he's going to make mistakes, I think Tyron Matthew will be the one making him pay. So check it out. Long shot picks. Damian Williams, Super Bowl MVP, plus 1,500. Tyron Matthew, plus 6,000. Giddy the Favre up. All right. Moving right in to our U picks. And you got honors with, uh, with the under, or sorry, over in the Pro Bowl. That was very inclusive and welcoming. There you go, bro. Including my weird pick in your Hugh picks. Yeah. Been a bit of a choppy 30. Yeah. It was a nice olive branch, Hugh. There you go, I bro. appreciate it. There you go. Um, 1-0 last week. Took the over in the Pro Bowl, which I'm quickly becoming my favorite fucking game of the year. Yep. Um, Do you have your record for the years? So? Yeah. I'm 15 and 13 on the year. All right. More importantly, I'm 5-2 and two in the playoffs. Yep. That's what I thought. Including the Pro Bowl. It's all postseason. We'll count it. It said, it said NFL countdown postseason. Even though they stopped tackling in the third quarter. That's nah, okay. Doesn't matter. A <laughs> um, couple changes need to be made to that oh game. My Not gosh. too many, though, because I'm cashing in. Yep. Um, I bring back the official gambling donut. The asterisk is gone. And we'll be smashing on Patrick Mahomes' longest pass completion. 44 and a half yards. Hashtag double smash on Mahomes, Patrick, starting QB, best offense of the year. Over 44 and a half yards. Doesn't have to be a touchdown. 45 yard completion to anyone at any time. Smashing on it. 44 and a half yards. Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, yards after the catch from Williams. Super Bowl, everybody goes big. Smash like you're a sailor coming home for two days and you got to re-impregnate the wife. Oh, damn. I've been on Honolulu <laughs> when that ship docked. It's, it's real. And I'll be sprinkling uh, on the defensive side of the ball. This is coming from uh, my lifelong fandom of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Get a weird look on your face. It's going to be a weird pick. Nick Bosa under three and a half tackles and assists. It's actually faved, minus 150. Under three and a half tackles. The Bosa's big names, big energies, they, they don't show up for the big game. In fact, a lot of times they actually don't show up. I'm not saying that he's going to miss the game, but... Uh, He's clearly the headliner on that uh, defensive line. And can you honestly let that guy run loose with two weeks of preparation? Uh, like you said, this coaching advantage <laughs> that you've been preaching for yep. all this time. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm behind it somewhat. Uh, you chip him, you double him, you run to the other side of the field, you make him make insanely spectacular plays. Yeah. Not to mention, Mahomes, very elusive. And has gained some uh, running momentum. So that might be able to get me out of a sack or a half a sack. Remember, half sacks, half tackles. Yeah, yeah. There exists. So Nick Bosa, sprinkle under three and a half tackles. For those of you attending uh, the Centennial Super Bowl propaganda. Party. That'll be on the main table. So you guys can do your Bosa research as you will, because I already feel the backlash piling up, and I'm not even finished the pick. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't exhaled in a minute and a half. <laughs> You've been waiting, eh? Oh, my God. I can't imagine. Sorry. No, no. Keep uh, that's the, the gambling donor right there, smash and sprinkle. I, uh, I, I can't imagine a more stressful pick. What? During the Super Bowl. No, no, I'm not saying I hate it or I, or I like it. What's stressful? Every time the Niners Every have the ball... Every single Chiefs play, you're trying to figure out who made the tackle. 
who made the half tackle. And if there's four, you're done. <laughs> First of all, they always say the person who tackles. So I all you got to do is listen. I'm just saying. It's a stressful under. Unders are, unders are great. But the, the, this, they're stressful a bit. No. This one's really stressful. No, I, don't, I don't see the stress at all because there's a few scenarios where, uh, one, if the San Fran running game just eats up all this time, there's sure. a less amount. Uh, if the Chiefs are winning all the time, they'll be running. You know, that's not his specialty. It's not. Uh, he is there. He's there. He's there. Now, for, for those of you listening at home who might not be Quite so versed in why you would take a defensive player who seems like a defensive all-star to go under such a low number in tackles. Let me help. It's because the defensive ends, especially in the, the Niners-like system, are basically tasked with chasing the quarterback. Uh, they're not really run stoppers. They're often double teamed. They're often double chipped. So it's not crazy for a guy who's a Pro Bowl defensive end to go, like a Vaughn Miller, to go with like two tackles in, in a game and not even consider that necessarily a failure if he got pressures. That's actually a great example how you... I'm trying, I'm not, it's what I mean, I don't hate the pick. I'm just yeah, stressed about it and trying to explain if you're wondering right off the bat, like, whoa, that's crazy. It's not, uh, but the one, it might be. <laughs> I, uh, I actually love the Super Bowl unders as well. It's weird. I'm like a massive over guy all year. Well, it was but a fucking under party last year. It was also under party when we watched uh, the Super Bowl at Graceland, the one we went there for. I hit a massive six thing under. I paid like seven hundred bucks. This is back when we weren't gambling. Right, like massive. But like they go back and forth. Thirty dollars. Two years ago, it was the biggest overfest in history. Eagles, Pats. Yeah, it was fun. Brady had five hundred yards and he lost. All right. Uh, Weird pick. Mahomes over forty four and a half. I'm gonna double smash that, and I'm gonna uh, heavy sprinkle. On the Bosa under three and a half. Yeah, and bring some weed for that pick because you might fucking need it when he gets to three tackles in the second quarter. <laughs> None <laughs> of that God. CBD oil that you put under the tongue. All right. Uh, cue music. Obi Trice. You picks. You. You picks. Here we go. Uh, after going one and one at the Pro Bowl last week, we are 56, 46, and three for the season. 56, 46, and 3. The gold pick this week is the actual game itself. The Kansas City Chiefs at the unbelievably low price of one point. Let me tell you, folks, I think when we look back at this game in history, it will be the steal that you might not have taken. So I urge you to take it. I, this isn't the classic matchup that everyone seems to be talking about, where you got this great defense versus this incredible offense. The Niners have had one of the number one offenses all year. Balanced, too, not just all running. They've been a running team basically in these playoffs, but it's been successful, so why would you stop? As one of our Look Who's Talkers, Coach Ponikbar, said to me, it's not Jimmy G. If you're running that well, why would you even throw it? And I hear you. I hear you. And I think I think it's a really good offense, especially at running. And, and they got a great play caller, Kyle Shanahan, a real young genius. So you got this great, this good, great offense. Great even. Then you have this better than great offense on the other side with the Kansas City Chiefs. Then you have a really good defense with the Niners. I wouldn't say great. I'd say really, really good. And then you have a, a good defense on the other side. So there you go. I feel, I feel like they kind of even each other out. So where's the difference? I'll tell you. I got a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback on one side and a, a pretty good quarterback on the other side. And I think in the end... That's really the difference here. And then you give me an extra 20 years of head coaching experience. And that's just something you can't learn. It's not something you can fake. Andy Reid, when he was last in the Super Bowl, coaching the 2004 Philadelphia Eagles against Bill Belichick's New England Patriots and lost because McNabb threw really some bad interceptions. Kyle Shanahan was a great nine. <laughs> he was a great nine. He might have gotten to second base with a chick. I mean, let's be honest. You know, he had a pretty high-profile life. But this is the stuff he was worried about. Trying to make his junior football team. Andy Reid was game-planning against Bill Belichick. This is 20 years of football war. You can't just show up from West Point and go right into invading Normandy. All right? This is... These football coaches are generals, and one guy's been in war for over 20 years. One guy is in his second year, third. It's just something you can't learn. You can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to 
coach this way and coach like I've been like, we've been here before and you haven't you can't you just haven't and I think that coaching experience whether it, whether you think it's important or not because it's these football teams just got to play each other it matters man just like anyone else that you would go up against in your industry if you had 20 years against them and they had a great upbringing and they sure seem to be doing their business pretty well but you meet up with them in some sort of fucking conference where somehow it's been it's it gets competitive and you got 20 years on them 30 years if you add the years he was assistant coaching man it's just not even close so I think there's a Hall of Fame difference at quarterback, and that's why I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win outright by a touchdown. Sure, Mike, I like your, I like your seven even, uh, 34-27. I even like that, so we'll take that. Chiefs win by a touchdown. Giddy up, minus one's a steal. Gold pick, gold pick. I got a Hall of Fame. Stamp. One day you'll look back on this as the steal you should have taken. All right, the rest of props picks. We're gonna fire them off for you. I took it last week, and I was honored that the guys from straight out of Vegas also said it was their early best pick for the props. Patrick Mahomes rushing yards over 30 yards. The guy can run. He's slowly finding that out over the course of the playoffs. And this is the Super Bowl. And he had, he's had a lot of Chiefs dropping passes on third downs when he could have run for it. This is the Super Bowl. He's going to make sure he's going to run for that first down. He doesn't want to trust Robinson or McCole Hardman to catch to catch these third de- third and eights in the biggest game of their lives when you know hey they might even be they might be a little fucking nervous this hall of famer is going to run it for himself he'll take the hit he'll get out of bounds he'll do it over 30 yards steal take it this one's dedicated to dewey sorry jimmy g should have given you more credit during the season I'll give you credit now uh your first pass complete love it minus 210 it's steep but i think that our boy kyle shanahan is going to give jimmy g an easy first completion little bubble screen little two yard crossing pattern to kittle either way it's going to be easy shake the nerves off minus 10 210 take jimmy g first pass complete all right Uh, i'm also going to take jimmy g first touchdown pass 10 and a half yards over I think that Kyle Shanahan does not trust Jimmy G that much, especially, especially in not just the red zone, but the the half red zone from the 11-yard line. Yeah, he doesn't want him getting Russell Wilson in these red zone passes. He's going to trust his running game, just like he's done in the red zone the past two playoff games, to run it in. He trusts his running game. He's going to run it in. Okay? Uh, So the first touchdown pass, over. I'm, t- I'm saying, Jimmy G, if it's, if it's a touchdown pass, it will be from outside of that 11-yard box. It'll be some 25, 20, uh, even 30-yard pass because when it gets down to just inside 10 yards, I don't think Shanahan trusts Jimmy G to make those tight throws when you have much less room and a whole lot of red jerseys running around. All right, I'm taking Travis Kelsey over five and, five and a half receptions. I love this. Uh, I love this. I love this. I love this. His yards are 75 and a half. I like that too, but I don't love it as much. So I'm going to stick with the receptions. He's, he is the most trusted target of Patrick Mahomes. They are just playing football on almost a Malone and Stockton-like level. It's cool to watch. Uh, I think he'll finish this game with upwards of almost 10 receptions. I'm not sure the yardage, but he's the guy who he's going to trust the most on third and five. Take Kelsey over. Uh, he might even be over by halftime. <clears throat> David, Damian Williams. This is a nice sort of, long, uh, not a long shot, but a w- good value bet. Over four and a half receptions. If you're double teaming Kelsey, if you're double teaming Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams is going to be one-on-one out of the out of the backfield. And uh, just look at Brian Westbrook's career uh, when he was Andy Reid's number one weapon when he was coaching Philadelphia. Westbrook, in playoff games, started catching a shit ton of passes, including the Super Bowl. He caught a bunch. So I'll take Damian Williams coming out of the backfield over four and a half receptions. It's plus 150. So if it was two and a half, you smash on it. Plus, plus 150, four and a half. I like it. Uh, I'm going to take Emmanuel Sanders on the on the San Francisco 49ers to get over two and a half receptions. Yeah, it's minus 175, but it's minus 175 for a reason. It's going to fucking happen. So if you don't mind the odds, take it. Emmanuel Sanders, for some reason, his number is over two and a half receptions. Giddy up. Those are the Hugh picks. Uh, We'll post them on Instagram. I'll do my own video. I will not be stroking any bull's horn. (laughs) 
But uh, I'll send out a video. It's a Super Bowl, and we're having a little Super Bowl party here. So we'll have the video for you before you arrive. You! Wherever you're watching the Super Bowl, remember to be safe, get home safe, and uh, let's not have any more bad news over, over this celebratory weekend. I got uh, love a couple of your props. Yep. Uh, you know, as you started talking about Damian Williams, that motherfucker's got some big game experience. He dominated in the title games with the Alabama. Yeah. Uh, as a relative unknown, like it was a bit of an afterthought. Yep. And everybody talks about Tua coming in. Well, who do you think it was thrown to? Yeah. And this, this dude can catch, man. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of liking this Williams angle. I'm going with it. Uh, and he's been a little bit underutilized in this playoff run. Yeah. So now's the kind of. Anyway, I see that a lot. And of course, Emmanuel. Uh, the only one with Super Bowl experience. Yep. On the Niners. Two games. Um, he played in two Super Bowls? Two Super Bowls. He won and lost. Oh, won yeah, won right. and lost, yeah, Broncos. Right. Yeah. So been on both sides of the coin, and that's a bit of a rally point uh, for them to have one guy that's kind of done it. Like, yeah. he's not your guy, but he could be the guy. Man, and they'll, they'll have extra coverage on Kittle. Like, they'll be – he's going to catch three balls. They might not get him and let him get any long bombs. I had, uh, You're going to your savvy veteran in, in the in the uh, Super Bowl. This was like Crabtree's odds six years ago. Niners Ravens. He hadn't really been used that much. He was becoming a veteran. Yeah. His number was like three and a half receptions in the Super Bowl. He had eight. It was ridiculous. Yeah. You use your veteran receivers in the Super Bowl. They're not tired of getting hurt. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, same thing. Uh, an interesting thought passed through my mind as you described the game about how you called Mahomes a surefire Hall of Famer. Yep. And probably, I'm not going to dispute that because he hasn't won yet. Barring catastrophic injury. Sure. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, If he doesn't win this game, Mahomes, could he be the next Dan Marino? This unbelievable generational talent doing, you know, the sidearm throws and the fake spikes and the the 70-yard pass stuff that nobody had seen before when we thought we had seen it all. Sure. And this guy misses his shot early, like Dan did. Sure. Second or third year, whatever. Yep. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you always think you're going to get back, uh, but you don't. That, it, that, that could happen. It, I see that happening. It could happen. They both got that crazy hair, too. From what, <laughs> um, Anyway. It could happen. He, he could also win nine. I mean, sure. and anything I in between. If he loses, I think sure. that narrative yeah, it, could it's, develop. It's similar because Marino got there really early in his career and just figured he'd get back nine times. He's always said that. He's like, I had no idea to be my only one. He never even got back. Crazy. Um, if you guys are watching uh, the Memphis Knicks game, look for Weird Mike. I'm going to be scoring a primo at MSG. The Garden, the Mecca. Yep. I'm going. So uh, I don't know if you get that NBA League pass. I've seen it's half price now. Uh, check it. Yep. Uh, I'm be cooking up a stir, Joe Harris style, at MSG this week. John Moran, RJ Barrett. Weird Mike was running through signs he was going to make, and they uh, were so weird. I'm like, man, you got to get just just positive. Okay? You don't want anyone looking at your sign being like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> hashtag Saga City. You don't think RJ would love that? By the way, almost every time Weird Mike says hashtag on the air, he actually does it with his fingers, too. So just know when you're listening that he's doing that. All right. Uh, yeah, it's been a fun episode, folks. Uh, join us on Instagram. For some live prop stuff, we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend for the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Hopefully make you a bunch of money and not just have a lot of fun. The players are making money. You should too. Yeah, it's like the NCAA, man. Everybody gets a cut. All right, Huck, the Titans are out. Do you have any last Super Bowl thoughts for our my favorite section? Shut the Huck up. Didn't I pick Kansas City earlier in the year? Yeah, you did. You were the only one to do it. I had the Pats. Versus Saints, uh, and you had Houston versus the Saints. So uh, congratulations goes out to our lead producer here at Look Who's Talking. And, uh, yeah, join us next week as we fucking talk about the beautiful Kansas City Chiefs victory. Hopefully Super- you hop on the train. Super Bowl live. Make sure you live it. Make sure you enjoy it. Everyone have fun. And uh, to all those that we lost, rest in peace. Giddy up. I tried to talk to my piano. I tried to talk to my guitar. Talk to my imagination. <laughs>
confided in to alcohol I tried and tried and tried some more Told secrets till my voice was sore Tired of empty conversation Cause no one hears me anymore A hundred million stories and a hundred million songs I feel stupid when I sing Nobody's listening to me Nobody's listening I talk to shooting stars But they always get it wrong I feel stupid when I pray So why am I praying anyway If nobody 